Dear friends in Christ, in the name of Jesus, amen. amen. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he wanted them to work for him in his vineyard. And so he went to the first son, and he said, I want you to go work for me today in the vineyard. And the first son said, I will not. Thanks, but no thanks, Pop. Not interested in helping today. Now this son must have felt bad a little bit later because after being stricken probably with a little bit of a guilty conscience, he decided to go ahead and do the work that his dad had asked him to do. In the meantime, the dad went to his second son and he said the same thing. I would like for you to go work in the vineyard today. And the second son said, sure, dad, no problem. I'm happy to do it. But then the son doesn't. He decides he'd rather do his own bidding and he doesn't go and do the work that he had agreed to do. So what do you think? Which was the good son? Which did right by his father? Which one deserves our commendation? Well, the, the chief priests and the elders, they said, well, it's got to be the first one because they actually did what the father asked. He actually did what the father asked a little bit later. And I see why they say this. But I don't know, if you ask me, neither of those sons had anything but shame to feel. Both of the sons dishonored their father, one with his words, the other with his actions. This morning, I'd like to consider this parable with you and think about how it applies to us. And as we think about this parable, we have to be a little bit careful because the parable wasn't spoken to you and me. Jesus wasn't talking to baptized believers in Jesus who gathered on Grand Avenue in the year 2023. Jesus was not talking to us. And so we can't just put ourselves in this parable and think he's speaking directly to us. He was talking to the religious leaders of Israel in the first century. And come to think of it, this isn't the first time he had some conversations with these particular leaders. Actually, for the last three years, ever since John the Baptist had come preaching, Jesus had been calling these leaders to repent. You've been bad children, he was telling them. And they continued to be bad children. They refused to repent. They refused to believe. They refused to follow Jesus. And this parable comes at the very end of three years of a heated confrontational conversation. Are you paying attention to when this occurs in the book of Matthew? This is on Monday of Holy Week. The day before this parable was spoken was Palm Sunday. And so Jesus goes in the temple, and you can see in the verses before the parable that there was this debate about authority, and the chief priests and the elders uh, weren't going to give an ounce with Jesus. And so Jesus tells them this parable, and he basically says at the end, you've been bad children. The prostitutes are better 
than you. And of course, they didn't like this. And of course, several days later, they had him killed for it. They did not believe. So the question is for us this morning, what does this parable have to say to us? Those of us who do believe, those of us who have gathered by God's working, he's brought us together here. What does this parable have to say to us? Well, I think it invites us to do a little self-reflection. I think it invites us to ask ourselves, how have we been as the children of God? I think it invites us to ask ourselves, are we like the first son or are we more like the second son? So think with me just a minute. The first son dishonored his father by his words. He said, no, I will not obey you. And it makes me think of ways in which we dishonor God with our words. And so maybe you struggle with this. Maybe you speak harshly to others. Maybe, maybe you have a hard time putting the best construction on things. Maybe you don't use your words to build up the body of Christ, but you use your words to tear it down. We talked in Bible study this morning about uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians and how he called the Philippians not to grumble and complain like the Israelites did. Raise your, no, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Who here struggles with grumbling? and complaining, who has one word of thanks to God for every ten words of dishonor. Maybe, if we're going to be honest, maybe some of us here today are a little bit like that first son. We don't speak well. We don't honor God with our words. On the other hand, maybe, maybe your main problem is not what you say, but what you do. Maybe you say a lot of right words. We've got a lot of right words to say in this bulletin. And I heard you all say a lot of them. Maybe you say these words here at church and they're good words and they're right words. Maybe you say the right words at home. Maybe you pray before meals and everything. And yet maybe when it comes to giving of yourself, sacrificing, serving others, obeying your Heavenly Father through your actions, maybe that's where you fall short. So what do you think? Which son are you more like? You know, one of the things I don't like about this parable... <laughs> is that there's only two, two bad options, two bad sons. And if we say, well, one's not quite as bad as the other, we kind of miss the point. In 1982, Kevin Lehman wrote a book called The Birth Order Book. Is anyone familiar with that book? Have you, you read that book? Uh, you're among the over a million people who've bought a copy or 
read a copy. Over a million copies have sold. It's been reprinted since 1982 four times, the most recently in 2015. It's pretty compelling to a lot of people. The basic idea in the birth order book is that our personalities, our strengths and weaknesses, our relationships, our demeanor, our career path, all of these things about us are shaped significantly by where we fall in the family of origin. And the idea behind the idea is that children often react to their siblings. And so a second born often is reacting to the firstborn without even realizing it. And a thirdborn is reacting to the secondborn and the firstborn often without even realizing it. And the fourth one and the fifth one and the sixth one, they're all reacting to what came before them. And when I read this parable, I found myself thinking, I wish there was a third son. I wish there was a third son in this story. A third son who would look at the first one and say, don't talk like that to your father, to our father. You can't talk to him like that. And I wish this third son would respond to the second one and say, you can't just say that. You can't just say nice things. We actually need to obey our father. And I find myself thinking, oh, this elusive third child. If there were only a third good child. And then I think to myself, well, actually, there is a third child in this parable. He's the one telling the story. And I think about Jesus, the faithful son of his father, who came to this earth, humbled himself, as Paul says to the Philippians, taking on the form of a servant, and was faithful in what he said and what he did. All the way up to, to Holy Week and all the way through Holy Week. Remember what he said in the garden on Thursday evening? He said to his father, not your will, but, not my will, but your will be done. He said the right thing, and then he did it. Not for himself, but for you. He did it for me. The elusive third child in the parable is the one who gives everything for you. Last Sunday was Oktoberfest here. I was greatly grieved. My family and I were out of town. But don't worry, we had Oktoberfest at the seminary on Friday night, so I got to enjoy just a little bit of it. Oktoberfest, of course, is a German tradition, and there's plenty of us that have German roots, and that's why we like it. Do you know what the German word for a Christian is? When you want to say in German... I am a Christian, you would say it like this. Ich bin ein Christ. 
C-H-R-I-S-T. A Christian is a little Christ. A little Jesus. When God claims us as his own, he doesn't just take away our sin and say, now keep on going, keep on dishonoring God with your words, keep on ignoring God with your actions. No, he makes us his little elusive third child. He makes you and he makes me little Christs. We talk a lot about baptism around here, baptismal font. And we do that for good reason, but not because that's a magic place. Not because something happens there that's, that's like hocus pocus. What happens there is God says by his living and active word, you are my child. You are my elusive third child. I have made you my own. I have made you a little Christ. I have made you to be faithful. And he puts even his own spirit in us. He forgives us and gives us his own spirit. And so when we remember our baptism, we're reminded that I'm a little Christ. And that means, well, I ought to talk like it. And I ought to act like it. Because that's who God has made me to be. That's who God has made you to be. To the Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 32, Paul said this, I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage. And then he said, okay, I'm not pleasing myself, I'm pleasing everyone else. And then he said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Imitate me, Paul said, as I imitate Jesus. It's kind of like what he said to the Philippians today. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. You, my brothers and sisters, are little Christs, little elusive third children God has given you his spirit, his mind, his forgiveness, his life. It's yours. So talk like it and act like it. How? How ought you to do this? How ought we to do this? Well, these are the kind of questions we're going to discuss as soon as the service ends. Because the fact of the matter is, what that looks like for you is going to look a little different than what it looks like for me. Pastor Steve mentioned before the service that we're going to continue the conversation starting right here um, after the service. I want to invite you to go grab a cup of coffee and a treat and just kind of wander back up in here and maybe we can all sit a little closer to the front when we get to that point. The fact of the matter is, if we're going to be faithful children of God, 
if we're going to be the faithful children of God that he has made us to be in our baptism, then we're going to need to do it together. And we're going to need to, to help one another and encourage one another and hold each other accountable and support each other. In the meantime, brothers and sisters in Christ, know this. God has called you to be his child. In his son, Jesus Christ, he has forgiven you. He has given you his spirit. And he's put you here to live among a bunch of other elusive third children for his honor and glory and for the good of everybody else around us. Lord Jesus, help us with this. In Jesus' name, amen.